Alright, welcome to the High Five Down Low Podcast, Episode 6. Um, today we do not have a guest, it's just me and Demetrio. Hello. But, however, our topic is a suggested topic that was sent in by one of our listeners. Actually, the first topic that we've gotten sent in. We've had a few come in after this one, but we're just going to go with this one since uh, first come, first served. <laughs> Um, we were going to do the uh, topic, the top five music videos that was suggested by uh, our, our last guest, Jeff Foster. Um, I had some, I'm working on some awesome guests for that one. So we're that one's going to just get pushed back. They were unable to make it in tonight for this recording. So we're going to just push that one back to probably next episode. And this week we're going to go with our first ever submitted Top user five. listener user user <laughs> listener top five so uh what do you think demi i think it's a good suggestion i like what ian ian's a pretty clever and creative guy uh we've been friends with him since high school and uh now he lives way out way out back way out in the west western way out the frontier slope. western slope western frontier so uh yeah i like it it's good it's a good suggestion so he suggested um top five good remakes Movie remakes. Movie remakes. Not adaptations of TV shows. New versions of old films only. Not homages, straight remakes, or reimaginings. So, and also he says here in the email, limited to movies that have been remade three times max. Otherwise, you'll be discussing the hundreds of versions of Dracula. Yeah. And if you don't know who or Ian... Frankenstein. If you don't know who Ian Fowler is, the fact that he provided rules for this top five list just tells you everything you need to know. He's a very uh, meticulous guy. Well, um, he is a lawyer. And he's he a lawyer. Attorney at law. So. He is a lawyer. And in, in honor of him being a lawyer, being an attorney, uh, I thought that our, our bottom five, our, our down low, low, five. low five, should be um, uh, courtroom dramas or, or um, uh, guilty pleasure courtroom dramas. Yeah, we narrowed it down to guilty pleasure courtroom slash lawyer slash yeah. Slash guilty pleasures. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. It's kind that of a involve broad involve courtrooms and yeah. lawyers and all that yeah. stuff. So we'll get to that when we get to the to the um, the low five. But um, also anybody out there on the Western Slope, if you need an attorney, look him up. Ian Fowler, attorney at law. He will uh, provide you good legal. You don't need the you don't quality need... legal representation. Exactly. You don't need the hammer. You need Ian Fowler. Exactly. Frank Azar, whatever. All right. So, um, <laughs> I don't know, Demi. I'm going to let you go first All with right. your number five All of right. My number five movie remake is um, A Fistful of Dollars, the uh, first in Sergio Leone's uh, Dollars Spaghetti Western trilogy with uh, Clint Eastwood. And that is actually a remake of a movie by Akira Kurosawa called Yojimbo. Ah. And what's interesting about this is that uh, Sergio Leone, he tried to get the rights to Yojimbo and couldn't do it. And so basically he just kind of borrowed the idea or stole the movie because it's kind of a frame-by-frame, shot-by-shot remake of Yojimbo. So so Yojimbo, it's, it's a samurai thing, right? Yeah, Yojimbo is a samurai story about a no-name drifter samurai who comes into this town and uh, there's like two bosses in control of the town who uh, try to like um, get him on their side. And a fistful of dollars is Clint Eastwood as the man with of no with no name who comes into this town and is controlled by these two bosses or sheriffs or something. And they both try to get him to be on their side. So we basically just swapped out samurais for cowboys. Samurais for cowboys, swords for guns. Nice. That's it. Nice. That's it. Um, this is the this is the famous movie. Uh, where you see Clint Eastwood in the poncho with the uh, steel, um, the steel plate underneath the poncho yeah, yes, as, as yes. a bulletproof, you know, vest or whatever. Yes, yes. Yeah, if anybody's familiar with that, both movies are excellent. Um, if you're wondering, like, well, if this is just a remake, you know, should I should I bother seeing it? Yes, you should. It's classic. It's considered a classic. It was a spaghetti western, but you know, it's still excellent in my eyes. And uh, Yojimbo's the same. I think you know it's it's uh, it's it's an, it's a foreign, it's an old foreign film, but you know it's 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 tight and it's compact, and I think it's a good movie. I guess you can consider it kind of the way Quentin Tarantino. Uh, let's not say 
quite steals or copies, but borrows. Borrows, yeah. From borrows. That's what know. Sergio Leone said. He said, I borrowed from Akira Kurosawa, which was interesting because later on, Kurosawa and the studio, the original studio that made Yojimbo, sued uh, Sergio Leone. And uh, I guess Akira Kurosawa, uh, was state, he later said that he made more money from a fistful of dollars than he ever made from Yojimbo. So, little... How do you do that? Remake fact. People going he, back and watching. Yeah, your gym. he just he was able to collect the money from the money that they made from a fistful of dollars. Oh, wow. So he got his he got his fee or whatever, and nice. so made nice. more money from it. Well, there you go. Like they sample like a, like you know like it was like a sample fee or something. Ah. <laughs> cool. Uh, my number five. I went with a movie. I uh, another one of those movies I saw a lot growing up. HBO Cinemax, it would be the 1988 remake of The Blob. <laughs> um, I was, like, looking, doing a little research on it, um, and, like, I was seeing these little, like, one-line reviews, and somebody called it 50s sci-fi meets 80s trash with great result. And I was like, yeah, that's perfect. Uh, that's a perfect uh, yeah. little summary of that movie. But um, the director, Chuck Russell, I guess, he went on to direct <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Chuck Street. Chuck Russell. Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3. That's a great name. Um, some other... Part The three. Mask. The Mask with Jim Carrey. Oh, okay, because there's The and, Mask, uh, and then there's Mask. No, no, not Rocky <laughs> Dennis. The Mask. And then, like, Eraser, Scorpion King. So he went on to to, develop, to direct these kind of moderate box yeah, office. Yeah, It was just kind of middle, moderate Middle of the office. road, yeah. 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 But um, Decent. It was a good movie. It has a... Mr. Johnny Drama himself is like the main character. <laughs> Kevin Dillon Kevin plays Dillon. like the greaser biker dude <laughs> with the mullet. They couldn't get Matt Dillon. Yeah, and so. he had like this greasy <laughs> mullet. And uh, there's like a scene in there where um, this the like the star quarterback or whatever is at the drugstore trying to buy condoms for his date <laughs> for the night, and the the pharmacist is kind of sweating him, and then. He go then later on, you know, he goes to pick up the daughter, and turns out the pharmacist was the pharmacist was, was the, the dad was or whatever. Dad, and right. it's kind of funny because me and you actually kind of <laughs> we kind of did a little like we tried to kind of remake that story when we were in film school as like right. one of our production one right. little right. short films yeah. and with with mixed results. <laughs> well, we had I'll like, call it a fifty sci-fi meets nineties cheese with mixed results. Yeah, on that yeah, day. we had our. What twenty one year old friend playing the the old dad slash pharmacist <laughs> yeah, yeah, or whatever the, with the fake gray mustache, the fake gray mustache yeah. that was taped on, and like Fantastic. Ramos, I think was our friend John Ramos was the John Ramos was the guy who was buying the condoms and later yeah. picking up his date. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, the daughter. I don't know. Maybe someday it'll find its way to YouTube, <laughs> but at this point. <laughs> It lives on a VHS. That could be a remake. We could remake like that. Like a VHS. <laughs> or no, it's probably on like a mini DV tape somewhere sitting right. in my garage. Right, right. All right. Uh, on to number four. All right. So number four. My number four is The Thing, 1982 by John Carpenter, nice. directed by John Carpenter, nice. which is Very a remake nice. of A Thing from Another World, 1951, directed by supposedly Howard Hawks. Um, the reason I chose this movie was the thing is a very awesome, scary, terrifying, gory film. But also I like the story or just the like the path that this movie took. So this movie is based on a remake is a remake of Thing from Another World. That is based on a novella by the name of Who Goes There, which was written by John Campbell Jr. and published in Astonish Astonishing Science Fiction in 1938, which that was basically a, a story remake, a short story remake of an of a earlier story called um, "The Brain Stealers of Mars," and that was published in a magazine called Thrilling Wonder Stories in 1936. And so, nice, like a pulp I, magazine, right? I just feel like this this story has just been sort of like pulsating through time or something, and it's just been remade and redone. And it was remade in 2011. It was made in 2011, which as was the thing. As, as called The Thing, but, but which was, was a actually prequel. a prequel yeah. to the John Carpenter movie. Yeah. And it was also remade in 1972. This time it was called Horror Express, and the whole thing just took place on a train, and Peter Cushing was in it. So oh, wow. it was a, kind of like a, the a, a hammer film, you know, the, the, the horror director's. Uh, who did that one? But only that one just took place on a train. That's funny. I put this. I put the thing down as well as an honorable mention, and I actually because nice. I bumped it out of number number five, which it's honestly it's a way better movie than the Blob. But Blob is just kind of sentimental to me. Yeah, and I felt like we could laugh about our little short film and uh, 
Right. And, uh, you know, Johnny Drama, his <laughs> mullet and everything. So, But, yeah, I did. I put that down as an honorable mention. Nice. You know, John Carpenter. And, it, man, it was made in 1982, and, like, the practical makeup effects are amazing in yeah, that movie. Yeah, they stand the test of time. They do. They're you know, probably, you, you know, watch that today, and it's still as repulsive as, you know, the first time they saw it back in 1982, which is funny because another science fiction movie came out that year about aliens visiting Earth called E.T., Oh, wow. So, you know, audiences had a choice between, you know, do you go see this alien movie or this alien movie? Mm. So I mean, I'm, I would argue the thing's practical effects might be just <laughs> a little bit as good as Just ET. as good, yeah. Yeah, really? with like probably half the budget that they yeah, had on that one. exactly. Um, it's also like one of the scariest science fiction movies that you'll probably ever see, yeah. you know. And uh, it was called uh, by Roger Ebert as a great barf bag of a movie. Nice. So I think... Yeah, there was a there was a movie called Harbinger Down, I believe. I think it's on Netflix now. It was like one. Of, it was like a crowdfunded movie that I heard is like pretty much like a thing. Right. Same thing. Same thing. You know, the thing story again. <laughs> the thing story again. Right. Yeah. I just, yeah. I haven't Which watched it or if, anything. If people don't know, it's basically these guys are stuck on this remote um, expedition in the Arctic, and an alien is there that can um, shapeshift. It can change into anyone. Basically take the form. Yeah. Take the form of anyone. So it could be. So it's basically like you know, guys in a room. You don't know who's the alien. Yeah. You know, which who's is not, kind who's of similar not. to Alien too, because except for the, right. the thing yeah. is, it's like is somebody infected with the alien? Right. Right. Is someone? Yeah. Yeah. You never, you never know who the alien could be. Yeah. Yeah. You know, until it's too late. Yeah. Exactly. You know? so. Yeah. Good sci-fi horror for sure. Great. Um, we're yeah. keeping it horror for me too. With number mm-hmm. four, I'm going with the. Dawn of the Dead remake, nice. 2004, um, directed by Zack Snyder. Um, one of those, I was real skeptical because I really loved the original. It made my top sequels in that mm-hmm. episode we did a while yep. back. But it was well done. It was really well made. Yeah. Um, a lot of people didn't think this was going to be, yeah. was, was going to mount And it was anything. kind of, it was definitely uh, one of those. It was also one of the first um, films that featured zombie, fast zombies, not just yeah. slow-moving Right, right, you know, right. They right. were like super fast. They were they they could run basically. They could run. Yeah. yeah. Before which that, is, you just had the George Romero slouching, dragging their feet. Yeah, zombies. which is even more terrifying and provides like just make ups the ante for the action scenes. You right. Know? It and does. I guess, it I does mean, because the first time you saw it, you were it kind of well. Actually, you know, I think was it twenty eight weeks later or something. Yeah, that was probably the first. But they weren't really zombies. But it kind of like yeah. it, it showed that. But this was the first time. Twenty eight days later. Twenty eight yeah. days later. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so the yeah so but yeah Dawn of the Dead definitely um, yeah Zach gave and, that and, first. and it, honestly Zach Snyder's it's my favorite Zach Zach Snyder movie I kind of feel like yeah he's yeah. gone sideways ever since you know I mean <laughs> with all of his comic book adaptations yeah his comic book three hundred and there've been a little Man of Steel some of them so so I don't know Watchmen but yeah that that was a it was like actually a well done remake and it's funny they remade Day of the Dead too it was like some straight to video type of thing with like mm-hmm. Nick Cannon in it <laughs> and the girl from Mina Sor- Mina Savari the one from American Pie American Beauty Mina Savari yeah. American Beauty and American Pie yep not that bad actually dude. <laughs> probably also if, very good it would probably no well not not very let's just good say not that bad all right like if I'm doing my top Solid 25 remakes it might right. be like 26 or something okay just but, barely uh, yeah but it was worth watching Nice. The funny thing is that took place in Colorado too. <laughs> they're like, they're like, we're in the mountains, and it was like totally like California mountains. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't Colorado, but <laughs> palm trees in the background. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and Dawn of the Dead, the remake, it's also it's it's it holds up as being I think scarier than the original. Uh, for me, it was. It's a me, faster pace. There's a lot of like jump scares and things like that, but yeah, the know. original Dawn of the Dead's a slow burn, man. Cause yeah, there's that. The, there's the point in the movie when they've like secured the mall and they're just kind of living, living this it, depressed yeah. life, yeah. knowing, yeah, you know, yeah. and that goes on for about a half hour to forty five minutes in right. that movie. And yeah, then, then there's like the big climax, but yeah, yeah. they don't. There's not a real lull in this. Right, remake the remake is sure. it's always tense. It's all yeah. You know, oh, the, it has the the guy that plays. Phil from the dad from Modern Family, he's in it. Oh, too. that's right. Yeah, he's the guy who isn't like his wife pregnant in the movie. Is that is that his character? I, no, I think he's he's just like one of the Joe Schmoes well, oh, in the mall. Or right. Whatever. It you was a. Uh, oh man, what's his name? Yeah, but then there's a pregnant lady that mm-hmm. ends up having a zombie baby. And <laughs> it's pretty gruesome. Yeah, pretty memorable too. I think that was the first time we'd seen something like that. So it took a lot of like ideas that you know you might have like heard about, but it you know. Showed them for yeah. the first time. And the Fast opening, zombies. The opening credits were baby awesome. It had like the crazy Johnny Cash. Oh, that's right. Yeah, real stylish. When the man, yeah. comes, when the man comes around. Yeah, when the, the man comes around. The 
the rapture apocalypse. Yeah, song with the montage of like all these like horrible things yeah. like war and yeah. protests and things like yeah. that, showing you like very how cool. the world declined after zombies took yeah, over. Very cool. Yeah, really neat. Good I'll watch stuff. it around Halloween for sure. Yeah, good. Anytime. Definitely. Cool, man. All right, my number three, sticking with the horror genre again, kind of that gross out stuff, is uh, 1986's. David Cronenberg's The Fly. Oh, nice. I, I had considered that as well. Yeah, which is a remake of similar The Fly, which came out in 1958. Yeah. Um, now, as opposed to The Thing, which came out four years earlier, The Fly was actually like a box office and critical success um, and deservedly won the Academy Award for Best Makeup oh, yeah, that year. Yeah. Um, terrifying and gory, like transformation of Jeff Goldblum into a human slash housefly. Yeah, that was another one that I remember watching on HBO and Cinemax. Right, right. <laughs> a lot, a lot. I probably was, maybe should have been watching it. Yeah, like, probably. I mean, how old was I? Eight years old? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, it was mm-hmm. pretty gruesome. Especially, it was, it was especially. hard to watch, and it was always like, you, uh, you kind of like sat back in your chair as, as the movie went on. Because you just never knew, like, what was he going to look like next? You know, yeah. as he just got gradually worse and worse and worse. Yeah. Um, his mutation, you know. Definitely. You know, they, they call that subgenre of horror, body horror, you know. It's right. But it was the first time you kind of, like, saw something. Yeah. Like I that. mean, it was. Again, it was in another movie, much, another yeah. movie where the effects hold up. Yeah. You watch that movie today, and you're still just. It's so so disturbing, you yeah. know, seeing that yeah. seeing yeah. that stuff. Yeah, that's one I haven't seen in forever too. I might um, have to watch that again. But I think it also holds up because it, you know, it kind of deals with sort of like you know human issues because the movie, it, and I think David Cronenberg has stated this before too. The movie is just about what it means to like nobody wants to grow old and fall apart, and that's basically what he started with. So yeah, you know, it's about this guy who invents teleportation devices and he goes in and you know he gets his DNA gets mixed with the fly and starts turning getting all these weird things happening to him and eventually you know what happens to him is pretty rough yeah um, but yeah it's it's a basic human story and it holds and it's it's great yeah it's good um that could almost be one of those remakes that are better than the original two, yeah, you know? the, yeah I mean honestly most vincent of these price, are honestly it was vincent, you know? it was like vincent price and the guy it was kind of the same story it was like having to do a teleportation kind of yeah but it was silly he had but like it was a, silly he had like an actual fly head yeah actual him. fly head he was like more of a mo- like a sh- like a 50s movie monster yeah, totally um with a fly head and then he can like he actually turns into a tiny little fly at the end yeah that like talk that talks yeah he yeah. screams help me help me at the end you know and yeah. like the cops just smash him eaten by a spider right or something almost the cops see that and they smash him and they're just like well no one's going to believe that anyway so they uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah much much better than the original yeah alright my number three similar I guess we're kind of into these genre movies man I yeah. mean horror thriller Cape Fear 1991 Martin Scorsese's remake that's a pretty Cape good one Fear. Um, I was checking that one out too it's it's almost good, made man. my list it's good it's creepy I mean oh yeah uh, De Niro's amazing in it I mean mm-hmm. Um, you and I forgot. I almost forgot. Jessica Lange was the mom. In that. Jessica Lange, yeah. Uh, and Jessica Lange and Nick, Nick Nolte, Nolte and the uh, the daughters. Juliette Lewis. Juliette Lewis plays the young daughter. Yeah. But yeah, man, it's um, it's intense, man. The end, like the part, the whole like climax of the movie when he's like on the boat with the family, and, mm-hmm. and it's just so intense. It man. becomes raw, like this. It is just so, yeah. kind of caveman brutality where they're just gonna kill each other with their bare hands yeah and I'll never forget there's like the part where he's like holding a flare and yeah. it's like dripping down it's his dripping hand it's dripping on his hand yeah and it's like he doesn't even like feel it feel he's it, such yeah. a like monster right it's right so and I always remember the, the the scene at the very end when he's going down when Rob De Niro's going down in the water and he starts speaking in tongues yeah yeah oh, it's so oh man that stayed with me forever yeah. I, I just think about that and it oh it gives me chills it's super it, creepy yeah. yeah he's like handcuffed to the boat and it's sinking right it's and sinking it's yeah. Like, yeah it's just like chanting in tongues is oh god yeah it's like you think like oh it's it's safe now that they're you know but you th- you know you think any minute he's gonna pop out of the water but yeah pretty creepy and it was cool like that Scorsese put like. Gregory Peck and yeah, the guys who played Robert Mitchum. Robert Mitchum. Yeah, he put the original. In, he char- put them in cameos in the movie yeah. and stuff. I think Mitchum played the De Niro character and and uh, Gregory yeah, Peck played, played the, the Nolte, Nolte character Nolte. in the original. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's a good movie. Scary. Yeah, classic classic Scorsese too. It is. I think you know. It is. I think it's one of his like one of his more like um, overlooked movies. Yeah, for know? sure. Because everyone just focuses on the like. 
Goodfellas, the gangster movies, yep. and then like the Raging period Bull. pieces, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like, so yeah, it's definitely kind of overlooked for sure. Mm-hmm. But good. But awesome remake. Yeah, awesome, awesome remake. All right, uh, so we're on number two. Yeah, I think? number two. All right, so my number two, um, kind of getting a little, you know, obvious here. Hopefully, not too much. Uh, but 1983, Brian De Palma's Scarface. Oh, nice. With Al Pacino. I, I, I'd considered it too, and then <laughs> a remake of. Um, Similar title, Scarface, came out in 1932, produced by Howard Hughes, the, the original, original, the original nice. movie. That one was about kind of an Al Capone type figure, um, and the, of course the remake was about a Cuban drug yeah. pin, kingpin. It has so <laughs> many, uh, you know, just memorable moments, and mm-hmm. like, you know, yeah. people still buy oh, yeah. bootleg Extremely, uh, t-shirts at yeah, the it's, flea it's, market every it's weekend. It's definitely a know? pop culture icon, oh, yeah. you know, kind of type of movie. Written by Oliver Stone. Uh, one of the first movies that he wrote. You can tell. Um, and, well, you can also tell he was actually battling a co- cocaine addiction when he was uh, yeah. writing it. You can you so, tell that, too. <laughs> um, you know, excessively violent. Uh, interesting that the, the, movie, the movie came out, it was originally rated X for the excessive violence wow. and uh, drug use, which, uh, coincidentally, Howard Hughes had the same problem when his Scarface came out. He had to argue with the movie Hollywood movie board because his Scarface was too violent for the time. And he, so f- he wanted to push the boundaries of violence about what you yeah. could see. Like, you want, I want to see people getting shot in this movie. You know? No so, more of this dummy stuff. Yeah, that's so funny. I remember watching the original Scarface in, like, film school. Mm-hmm. It's, like, part of, like, no, film noir or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But it wasn't that... No. It wasn't that good. It wasn't that violent. You no, know? no. It wasn't... You, you think, yeah, because it, yeah, it was... Yeah. It was one of those I was like, mm-hmm. afterwards, you know, like... <laughs> I, I mean, know. but for the time, but it was the considered. Time, of course, yeah, yeah, it was considered exactly. extremely violent. Um, you know, so just a you know simple. Actually, when you, when you break it down, it turns out it's just a simple story about you know rags to riches. Um, eventually, crime doesn't pay. You yeah, know, that kind of thing. Nice, but uh, you know, it's definitely like I said, it become became more than just a you know a movie. I think you know, it's. Um, I don't know. People look up to this movie and idolize it in certain ways, like the lifestyle and the the, the look and the um, lingo or something. You know, oh yeah, it's man, everywhere. It's, it's pop culture. Like yeah. it's an icon. I mm-hmm. mean, like I said, dude, they probably sell twenty, thirty bootleg T-shirts of that every weekend yeah. at the flea market. Right, exactly. Posters and mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. giant blankets, <laughs> tapestries. Yeah. The, uh, Cigarette lighters, everything. Gangster's paradise, I guess. Exactly. It's the <laughs> Citizen Kane of gangster movies. Exactly. Or, you know. Yeah, no, that's it. It is. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Wizard of Oz of gangster movies. Exactly. That's Yeah, that's, that's even better. <laughs> Honorable Speaking mention. of that, I thought about that, too. I did think about that. It, Wizard of Oz, yeah. Because technically there was a silent film, I guess. There was a silent mm-hmm. version that came before. But then I kind of almost, I almost chucked that into the... Something that's been remade more than three times just because it's yeah. been so, the story's so. Yeah, because then you think about like you also can get into like The Wiz. The Wiz. And those kinds Return of. Return to Oz. Return to Oz, these. you know. There's like an animated Wizard of Oz. Yeah, there's an animated one. Yeah, it kind of, it's um, kind of like your Alice in Wonderland, you know. There's, there's always gonna, one. There's always going to be something out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. You know? So I kind of I thought about it and it just left off. The yeah, list, but better I left wrote off. it down for Arm Bench yeah. as well. So I'll, Me too. Glad we. Speaking of Oz, number two. Directed by Frank Oz, <laughs> 1986, Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, nice. Two. That's on my honorable mentions. Yeah, this is kind of, I mean, I guess I'm looking out back over my list, and it's like my childhood on HBO, mm-hmm. man. You know, yeah, like yeah. that one was on all the time, and it's great, man. It, it's The original one is a Roger Corman, super low budget. Kind of, yep. It's kind of good, too. I kind of like it. It's kind of strange. It's black and white. and has, like, this beatnik soundtrack mm-hmm. and this jazz soundtrack. Right, right. It's just offbeat and strange. But then, you know, it was adapted into a, a musical, Broadway musical. Broadway musical. And then... And that's what the movie is based on. That's what the movie on. is based on, yeah, which has all the, the memorable songs. and Right, yeah. I mean, Steve Martin as the crazy dentist, you yeah, know. Yeah, the greaser dentist. It's amazing. Um, I think uh, Jack Nicholson was in the original. Yes, he was. Yeah. He was like the he was the crazy like Bill Murray character. The Bill Murray character who the, goes in for the, dental procedures. Yeah, that loves the pain or yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> He's like, like a masochist, a masochist who loves masochist, dental pain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So I mean Bill Murray's in it playing that weirdo. I mean yeah. there's John Candy's in it. He's like the Oh yeah. He's like the crazy radio DJ guy. That's right. That's like interviewing him about his like Yeah, yeah. Uh plant and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just great, man. It's one of those like, that we watched growing up tons of t- tons mm-hmm. of, you know, tons like, of times. It was like a quirky B-movie 
that was redone just the per- in just the perfect way. You know, like, yeah. let's take this weird, quirky, kind of silly B movie and make it into this awesome musical. Yeah. And the like the special effects in it, they're not believable, but they're like so stylized that they're cool. Well, know? they're and they're, well, they're done really well though. They are done. It's really almost well. like Jim Henson level of puppetry. Yeah, with the, exactly. With the Audrey oh, two yeah. plant. It, it's amazing, but yeah. yeah, but at the same time, it's not like the thing where it looks realistic. Or no, you know? yeah, but yeah. I mean, it's like so. I think like some stop motion too is yeah, involved. it's it's really well done. So yeah. Yeah. that's my number two, and yeah, excellent. Know, I love it, man. Yeah, so. good, good, uh, good times. All right, so for my number one, number one remake is <laughs> uh, 2006's *The Departed* by Martin Scorsese, directed by Martin Scorsese, which is a remake of the Hong Kong crime thriller. Infernal Affairs, which is a play on word of internal affairs. So if you know anything about the movie Departed, involves a lot of undercover cops being undercover uh, gangsters and gangsters being undercover cops. Um, I chose this one because this is the kind of movie where I, I like The Departed. I thought it was, I, I enjoyed it. It's on HBO all the time. It's on Still. HBO all the time. Um, all the performances are really good. I especially love uh, Mark Wahlberg um, as the detective. I could just watch a whole movie with just him <laughs> and it'd be great. He's great. He steals every scene that he's in in this movie. Yeah, he's such a dick. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's got such a great, like, yeah. funny, great lines and everything. But the reason I, I chose this one as my number one is because I actually I saw the original a long time ago. It came out in 2002. I saw it on DVD when I was, like, into my Hong Kong film phase. I had to watch everything. I had to consume everything that was coming out. And I actually liked the original better than The Departed. Um and for reasons that I guess, you know, whereas, you know, Martin Scorsese's movie is very stylized, has a great, you know, look to it. He directed it perfectly and he deserved the award. Probably, you know, it was more of like a, you know, you know, the Academy just giving him the award finally, you know, when they should have given it to him a long time ago. But Infernal Affairs, it just it focuses more on the actual characters and than the surroundings that The Departed does. Because I think The Departed is more about, like, you know, being in Boston and what it means to be a gangster in Boston and oh, yeah. those kinds of being a cop in Boston, blah, blah, blah. Whereas Infernal Affairs just focuses on these two characters who are both undercover. And I don't know. For me, that just, it was more interesting that way. It's kind of cool to see Scorsese do a, a movie not set in New York City. A crime movie right. not set in New York either. But when I was researching this, it turns out that mo- that about 95% of The Departed was filmed in New York City. Ah. <laughs> so... Well, wasn't but, even, and I, I don't know. And there's they're just, just they're like, just like let's throw some Boston accents, and, call and, it Boston. Yeah, and of course, like you know, <laughs> the, Boston. Like a lot of like Hong Kong cinema, there's a bunch of like melodramatic moments where you know, someone when, when like a character dies, you know, we don't need to see 15 minutes of a of a funeral in slow motion, you know, or like the or like some character watching a dove fly away, you know, over the ocean or something, you know. Yeah. Just, but other than that, you know, you get like these little quirky scenes. Like I would have in the original. The two main characters who don't know each other, they sing a karaoke duet, which it would have been cool to see that, to see Matt Damon and Leonardo DiCaprio doing a karaoke duet in The Departed. Yeah, I that think they left that scene in. So That would have been amazing. Yeah. Little things like that. So that's, 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 that's why it's my number one. Nice. Very nice. Okay, my number one is 2010's remake of True Grit by the Coen Brothers. Nice. That's on my honorable mentions for sure. Um, I was looking through these like one-line re- reviews people wrote and stuff, and like one of the most crowd-pleasing films I think the Coens have ever made. Accessible, simple, mythic, mm-hmm. and finally beautiful. Um, that's yeah. one of those things I remember watching it. It was one of those I was very happy that I went and saw it on the big screen because the like cinematography in it is like amazing. Yeah, a lot better than the original, I think. Yeah, and um, I mean. Jeff Bridges, he's awesome in it. The 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 girl, the little girl. Yep. She's amazing Haley too. Stanfield. All the yeah, Matt Damon's in it too. Matt Damon. All the all the acting is amazing. The I mean the dialogue. Action, the dialogue, the Get, cinematography, the costumes, yeah. the everything. It's yeah. just top notch. Top yeah, notch. The Cohen the Cohen brothers really have that like they, they really go for that um feel of like what, what they people probably really sounded like back then. Yeah. And, you know, you're hearing words that probably haven't been spoken in a long time, lingo that hasn't been said in a long time. And mm-hmm. so you might not know what they're saying, but, you know, it's it's realistic. Yeah, it's and I haven't watched it. And, I mean, I think I only saw it twice when it came out. 
you know, in the theater and then once on like Blu-ray when mm-hmm. after it came out and I need it. Mm-hmm. I need to watch it again, man. It's so good. Well, I also like too that like the Coen Brothers didn't shy away from how violent the Wild West or you know the Old West was. Yeah. Whereas you know in the original, John Wayne shoots somebody, smoke comes out of his gun, and then it just cuts to like the guy falling off his horse. Yeah. yeah. Whereas in this one, you see what a bullet does to oh, yeah. all a person. These, all the modern westerns now. Yeah. Know, true. They, Very true. I guess that's why I kind of like them better, honestly. <laughs> I don't know, yeah. but yeah, I mean, I really have been digging the modern westerns lately too. Yeah. That have that have been coming out in the past ten years, I'd mm-hmm. say. You know, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. That's awesome my remake. that's my number one. Um, Good job. So I reached out to uh, Ian Fowler, our friend and listener, who suggested this topic last night, and said, "Hey, man, uh, what's your top five remakes?" Since we're yeah. using your topic, so he emailed me, and here are Ian's top five remakes. Number five, Fright Night. The Fright Night remake. The okay, so f- the Fright Night original came out in the mid eighties. Eighties, like yeah. This one came out in the two thousands, and it had like Colin Farrell. Like, oh, the main, Colin Farrell played the vampire. It played the vampire. That's right. Yeah. In the remake, yeah, that kind of came um, and went. I, I, think, I watched it, and it's good. I just it's don't good. think anybody remembered that Fright Night. What Fright Night was, and so it's, it just kind of like appealed yeah. to eighties genre horror. Yeah, it was film pretty lovers. good, though. It was pretty good. I I did see it on. DVD. Yeah, after it came he out. gets like the guy who hosts the schlocky TV show, horror TV show, well, to like help him kill the kill that's the vampire. The original. Oh, yeah, that doesn't happen. Do that. Oh, okay. Nah, they, well. It was kind of like he. It takes place in like Vegas, so he kind of like he can kind of like go. Nobody goes out during the day because right. it's so hot. Anyway, oh, okay. So he like goes nice. out at night and. Nice. Um, number four is Casino Royale. Okay, I this was this was on my honorable mentions, but I didn't include it because. I felt like the first Casino Royale with David Nevin, it came out like in the I think early 60s, I think, mm-hmm. was sort of a spoof of James Bond. It was yeah. based on an actual James Bond yeah. book, the first James Bond book. It's kind of like Austin Powers. Yeah, it was basically an, an early Austin Powers. Yeah. And then the Casino Royale with Daniel Craig, the real James Bond movie, was a real take, was a real adaptation yeah. of the book. And so it was a remake, but kind of, sort of, maybe just yeah. a name only. I don't know. Yeah. A good choice, though. A good choice. I'm not so, trying to. I'm not trying to yeah. crap all over Ian's suggestions here. But so, and his number three was a fistful of dollars. On oh, nice your list as good well. Good job, good job, Ian. Number two, The Magnificent Seven. I was gonna throw that one on there, Which but I, is I, same kind of similar. Yeah, it's a remake, sim- a Western remake. Of remake a, of an Akira of a, Kurosawa of movie. A, of a samurai. <laughs> yeah. Seven samurai. Yep. Seven samurai. So same same exact story. And then Ian Fowler's number one is The Maltese Falcon, which I had no idea was a remake. Yep, that was a remake. Uh, I think it was the original was a silent movie. It was a silent picture, I uh-huh. think. Um, you know, of the... Oh, no, it couldn't have been a silent. I think it... Gosh. I don't know how much earlier that movie came out. But, yeah, Maltese Falcon. Nice. Yeah, I was looking it up. I tried to look it up on IMDb to... to See what uh, year the original yeah, came out. And it didn't mention it. It was kind of funny, but... It did mention something else that's interesting. Let me look it up here real quick. <laughs> so the Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, um, 1941. 1941, yeah. But, yeah, there's this thing on the app where it says, uh, like, you may also like or remade as. So I click on remade as, and it, apparently they say it was remade as remade as the Jade Pussycat, 1977, <laughs> starring John Holmes. Oh, okay. So, All right. Uh, <laughs> I don't so, know if we call that a little, remake. Little More bit, of a little bit spoof. <laughs> parody? Porn parody, I guess. So I'm sure. I got a kick out sure of that. Tons of those. Directed by Bob Chin with two N's. <laughs> have to see what else he did. Let's see what else he has two of. <laughs> <laughs> right? Tagline, his gun is loaded and ready for action. I'll bet. Oh, yeah. I bet that was the tagline of a lot of John Holmes movies. <laughs> yeah. That just describes them all. Not yeah. just the Maltese Falcon. Yeah. I like well, how I it had to be. Jade Pussycat. Yeah. Pussycat like, uh, well, okay. <laughs> so not to be confused with. Nice. Nice. But. The Woody Allen, Jade Scorpion, right? Jade Scorpion. And Woody not to Allen, be confused yeah. with that. No. Know. No. All right. Way different movie. Okay. <laughs> well, that's going to bring us to the low five. So. Um, courtroom. Lawyer slash courtroom guilty pleasure. Guilty pleasure movies. I started off. So how about you? Okay. Um, I ranked mine as. I just picked stuff I liked. Yeah. And then I kinda, ranked it. I ranked what them I did. Yeah. from five to one as in like what's the most like five is actually kind of the best, the least guilty I feel about uh, okay. liking, you know. Nice. And one is like the, the schlock, you know. Okay. So, yeah, yeah. I got you. So um number five is the T V show Better Call Saul, man. 
Oh, nice. It is the spinoff of Breaking Bad with uh, Bob Odenkirk as, you know, reprising his character Saul Goodman from Breaking Bad, but it's actually a prequel. Prequel, yeah. So um, there's been one. Yeah, there's one season so far, and the second season just started. They're about three episodes in, and it's amazing, man. It is so good. It's it's different than Breaking Bad. It's not as like gritty and violent, but it's compelling, man. The character of Slippin' Jimmy, Jimmy, (laughs) before he becomes, uh, you know, before he just gives up and Mm -hmm. pretty much becomes a sleaze bag lawyer, yeah, yeah. you know, it's he's like, it's an he's origin right. story. For yeah, sure. exactly. So he's, he's, you know, he's always getting shit on. He has bad luck, but, and he's just riding this fine line of like <laughs> legitimate lawyer or, right, you know, right, so right. And it, it's going to be, Ambul- and it's going to be similar chaser. to the breaking bad, you know, breaking bad was the story of Walter White, you know, his downfall, his, yeah, yeah. you know, it's his rise be similar, you know, yeah. it's kind of going to be mm-hmm. his little descent, but it's going to be interesting to see how, how long they milk it for? When now, are they? When let me ask they... you a question. A lot of people ask me this: Do you need to watch Breaking Bad in order to watch? Better no, Call you Saul? don't. No, you don't. Like, you don't. would you? Would you? Are there any like? You can still totally hints or yeah. Like, there's little. There's lots of little Easter eggs. Easter you know? eggs, yeah. Okay. But I mean, you could go come in blind and st- still be like, "Wow, this is a really good TV drama." Right. right. You know. Because so. my girlfriend keeps asking about that that show, and she wants to start watching it, but she's never seen Breaking Bad. Well, so I know. I know. Do yourself a favor and watch Breaking, watch Breaking Bad, Bad first. Because it's probably, <laughs> if we do top five TV shows, it's in my top five mm-hmm. for sure. Nice. But um, Better Call Saul is awesome. You can watch it on its own too. So Cool. That's my number five. All right. I don't really feel guilty about it either. No. It's a pleasure. That's a pleasure. <laughs> uh, my number five is, <laughs> okay, I kind of cheated just a little bit. It's not a courtroom drama, but it involves, there's a scene that involves a courtroom. That's fair enough. And uh, so it's Star Trek VI, The Undiscovered Country. Nice. It's my favorite of the original cast Star Trek movies. And uh, there's a scene where Kirk and McCoy are arrested by the Klingons for, uh, and they're tried of, they're, they're accused of assassinating this Klingon ambassador or something. And so there's this whole mock trial with a bunch of Klingons on the Klingon homeworld. And, uh, and it's, uh, it's pretty good. And so, you know, like I said, it's my favorite uh, Star Trek original cast movie. And uh, that's a pretty memorable scene. So, you know, maybe it's, a guilty pleasure so yeah nice nice that's why i included it speaking of remakes i thought about the star trek jj abrams too yeah too yeah i I did too too, Mm -hmm. didn't quite make the list but it's kind of like a weird is it you know like well it's not really really a remake of a a a certain movie reimagining reboot yeah yeah i don't know all kinds of stuff yeah anyways so that was my number five Cool. My number four is Law and Order SVU, Law and nice. Order's Criminal Intent, all nice. of them, etc. Um, <laughs> Can you name them all? <laughs> I, I just really that's that was kind of one of the shows the first time I ever really like binge watched anything because I remember back before you know Netflix was streaming or anything like mm-hmm. cable would have like mm-hmm. USA Network would have like Saturday it would be like all day yeah. Law and Order SVU marathon from like yeah. all day till yeah. night through the night and like. I, that was like when I was living down in Houston and I just had just moved there, didn't really have that many friends. So there was right. many Saturdays where I binge sat there and did like worked on like screen printing art and just like binge watched <laughs> Law and Order all all night and I, loved it, man. I'm amazed to this day that there's not a Law and Order channel that just shows Law and Order 24 7. Right. You know, um, I mean, they if they have that Simpsons channel, FSX, right? I'm surprised. And it's just you know, Law and Order. It, it's just it's it's so simple the way it just like engages you and and brings you into the story. First half is the cop, so so cop simple. Story, the second so half is the simple, trial. But damn, it just it it's it's like a pop song. You know, it's like it's like a catchy pop song. And you yeah, just, you have to watch it when you start and watching one. Actor, you can't you cannot finish. every actor that's ever acted in anything has was been in on some Law and Order yep, episode, yep. no matter what. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Cool. So oh, yeah, all right. My number four is Liar Liar with Jim Carrey. Nice. <laughs> um, it's you know it's a silly Jim Carrey comedy where I think like his kid makes a birthday wish because uh, Jim Carrey is this sort of like sleazebag lawyer yeah, who lies a lot. Before obviously, Saul Goodman. Yeah, before yeah. Saul Goodman. And uh, his kid makes a birthday wish so that to for his dad to never lot to never to always tell the truth or something. So he's forced to do that. And insanity and zany stuff ensues. 
That came that out like becomes, in the 90s? Yeah. I, I, it's yeah. so funny because that's such an 80s premise, something. man. You know? It's like big. I wish I were big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it, totally. Know? And it was kind of a, a kind of a, a little um, a minor comeback for Jim Carrey. Because at the time, he had he had done like a, some, some dramas and the movies hadn't made any money. And this was his first like kind of silly Ace Ventura-ish comedy yeah, that made that. a ton of money. Yeah. And uh, he was able to, you know turn that around and turn his career around for a little short time so yep liar liar all right funny you know goofy but funny yeah all right my number three is the television show that ran from 1984 to 1992 night court nice um it's one of those that i remember watching like me and my sister she loved it i just kind of like watched it because it was on too and it was uh it was like on reruns oh god love night court yeah it was it was so silly and there were so many great characters, yeah. and, and it was one of those things, yeah. um, you know, it was on, like, reruns, like, so it was on every night from, like, right. five to six, like, back-to-back episodes. Right, right, right. <laughs> and it was kind of a precursor to, like, shows like, I don't know, Scrubs or Community, where it was sort of, like, um, reality mixing with, um, I don't know, sur- being surreal or something? Reality yeah, being yeah. surreal? Like this play, uh, uh, an environment that's normally extremely serious right like right right the script totally yeah. flipped on it like th- there were scenes where i think they you know it would get real serious where like they would have like an adoptive kid would like run away and they'd have to find him and it was you know find his adoptive parents or something and then there'd be like a scene where the like roadrunner and the Coy- wildy coyote would be on trial and it'd be the cartoon characters like standing there yeah. but they would just you know totally just like take it you know like it wasn't like it was it wasn't a dream or anything yeah yeah <laughs> But yeah, no, great story, great characters. Yeah, and it's so funny. Like that's such a forgotten show, though. I know I mean, it's not on reruns. It, like mm. Golden Girls are still reruns right. and Cheers and all these other. Yeah, shows yeah. From that era, but like it's kind of been forgotten, you know. Yeah, yeah. I don't it's, know. it's definitely a, one of those lost sitcoms, and they they did do like a little tribute for it on Thirty Rock. Oh, nice. There was a scene. See, if it was kind right, of a precursor to a show Kenneth like the 30 Page Rock. gets together the, the 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 old actors for a night court reunion. Nice. <laughs> I got to watch that one for sure. Yeah, so check that out. Okay. All right, my number three is the movie Trial and Error. Um, Came out like in the late 90s with Michael Richards, uh, Jeff Daniels, and uh, very young Charlize Theron. Charlize Theron? Theron? Theron, whatever. Um, It was, uh, I don't know how to put it. It was just kind of a uh, sort of a typical comedy, you know, had all the comedy tropes, you know, it was slapstick, mistaken identity. Um, silly, silly things like that. What it really was, it was a like. So it was basically Michael Richards who played Kramer on Seinfeld. It was his first Hollywood movie. And before UHF. Before, well, after UHF, after but UHF. after, but after he was well already established as Kramer. Oh, okay. So it was like his, their attempt, Hollywood's attempt to get Kramer on the big screen. Let's get Kramer a movie. Let's yeah. get a, let's get Kramer on the big screen. And what's kind of nice about it is that once you look past the whole Kramer shtick, it's basically Kramer trying to be a lawyer. That's yeah. what, that's the whole movie. Yeah. Once you get past the whole whole shtick, what actually makes the movie work is the relationship between Charlie Theron and Jeff Daniels, and so that's that actually turns into a good movie. And Charlie Theron is really good in this movie. Um, she's beautiful, but you know she she sells it. She sells the whole romance, and you know although it's kind of like hard to believe that she's this single woman living in this small Nevada town by herself, no boyfriend, no husband. And she's just there until Jeff Daniels arrives in town to fall in love with her. But other than that, it it works. Nice, nice. <laughs> so I'd, I'd never. I'd and never it was it, it was directed by the guy who did my my cousin Vinny, oh, another great was, courtroom comedy. Whatever. Yeah, kinda, and I, he did this one after my cousin Vinny, not as good as my cousin Vinny, but yeah, he kind of yeah, has the, the my cousin Vinny sophomore slump. Yeah, <laughs> just a weird like set set of movies genre kind of. Cool. All right, All right, my number two. I'm starting to get starting to the quality starting to get lower. All right, here. I got you. Um, it's number. It's a television show on the Oxygen Network called Snapped, <laughs> and I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but um, all female killers have one thing in common: they snapped. Yeah. So yeah, I've you know, heard of it. each ep- each episode of this true crime examines a series, uh, different examines a different felon, usually a female, who's committed murder or attempted murder. The victim is usually the perpetrator's partner. Yeah. So it's just one of those true, true crime stories, and they they'll they'll usually get into the trial part and everything, but it's usually some 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 lady caught her partner cheating and killed I've him heard or of it. tried yeah. to kill him, or and that's another kind of like show. Your, your Dateline NBC, yeah. Like, but it's it's not as what went wrong. Yeah, it's more it's like tabloid 
Right. Yeah. And they yeah, totally. like marathon it all the time yeah. too. So yeah. housewife know. abused yeah. kills her husband. Yeah. And the like narrator, <laughs> it's just like intense. She's just like, what did she have? Co-? You know. Right. Right. He. She checked his email. She was cooking up something other her, than dinner that yeah, night. To her surprise, <laughs> he yeah. was cheating. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> that's my number two. It's more nice. true crime, but there's courtroom elements usually because it, it'll do the trial right. of the person right. and everything. Is so. it like do they do like reenactments or is it all just straight? Like- um, it's it's a lot of interviews, a lot of reenactments, and it's like a mix. It's a mix of reenactment mm-hmm. interviews and like news footage. Oh, okay, and stuff, so. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. So like yeah, Dateline NBC. Yeah, uh, it's totally unsolved mysteries. Lots of still <laughs> photos that get zoomed in slowly. Oh, God. You know? Enhance. Yeah. yeah exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Nice. All right. Uh, my number two is the Coen Brothers movie Intolerable Cruelty. Oh, nice. With uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones and George Clooney. And this is a movie about a uh, divorce lawyer, George Clooney, and uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones, who's kind of like the femme fatale. And it's considered one of the weaker Coen Brother movies. Yeah, one of their – I don't think it did well at the box no, office either. No, no. Yeah. And it's kind of like their, their sort of homage to the um, golden age of Hollywood romantic comedies of like, you know – Hepburn and Tracy, Billy Wilder movies, um, Cary Grant kind of stuff. You know, George Clooney is definitely doing like his best interpretation, or his best, you know, Cary Grant, um, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's it's okay. It's good. I watch it because it's a Coen Brothers movie. I think if it wasn't, then I would have no use for it. But I've seen it more than once, and, it, it, you know, I, I find something different in the dialogue every time. You know, it's got that, it's got that classic Coen Brothers dialogue, you know. That's yeah. you stuff you've never heard before, and you're just kind of like, what? Um, but so yeah, yeah, definitely a guilty pleasure. Yeah. All right. So. Cool. Well, here's my number one guilty pleasure. Um, you guys listening can go ahead and fire up YouTube <laughs> and type in "people's court D's nut joke." <laughs> D's nuts. D E E Z. Yeah, nuts. N U T S. So. <laughs> on a TV episode of the People's Court, this dude, this defendant, is getting interviewed afterwards by by like the court reporter there, and he like totally unsuspecting, yeah, court totally reporter. unsuspecting court reporter, and he, he tells him, "I don't know what happened in there, but I, I'm innocent." And D must have hit him, and, the, and then the guy keeps asking him questions. He's like, "I didn't do it. D must have hit him." And then he says, "The guy's like, D who?" And then he's like, "Looks straight into the camera." these nuts and like you can see the bailiff in the background yeah. like the bailiff in the background got it a long time yeah, ago he saw he knows it coming, what's coming. Dude, yeah. he saw yeah. it coming He's... it takes the guy a long time the court reporter to like ask him d who <laughs> yeah and then when after he hits him with these nuts the court reporter is just like uh back to you and it's just amazing that it's, it it's funny that they didn't like edit that out yeah <laughs> they let it go like, yeah, oh, like just, this just... made it to air and yeah. made it to youtube I mean, yeah Thankfully, so, thankfully. That's my it's number a classic. One. That's it's my number classic. one. That's your number guilty one courtroom guilty pleasure. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> pretty good. I look, like it. Look that up, people. All right, that's the good one. Uh, mine is also probably found on YouTube because I think that's the only place you could find it. It is the uh, 1989 TV made for TV movie, The Trial of the Incredible Hulk. Oh, nice. <laughs> uh, with the original, this is a spinoff show, well, spinoff TV movie of the. Uh, original TV show, Lou, yeah, Ferrigno. Lou Ferrigno and David Bigsby. Lou Ferrigno played the Hulk. David Bigsby played David Banner in the television show. Um, what's interesting about this is that Matt Murdock, Daredevil, plays his attorney, or oh. is his attorney, I should yeah, say. Yeah. And I guess what this TV movie was supposed to be was like a introduction, like a backdoor pilot for a Daredevil TV show. Back in 1989, wow. the Daredevil TV show never took off. Yeah, we had to um, wait thirty some years to. Right, yeah, you had to wait another Netflix. thirty years <laughs> for your Daredevil TV show. Uh, another interesting thing about this um, was that it was also Stan Lee's first Marvel movie cameo. He plays a juror during the the trial, oh, nice. which is a huge bullshit lie because the trial never actually takes place. So, <laughs> basically, the Hulk is in New York City. He sees somebody getting roughed up or assaulted or something. He gets mad, becomes the Hulk, tears shit up, turns back into David Banner, and then he's arrested for, I don't know, causing mayhem or something. While he's in jail, he gets mad again, becomes the Hulk, and breaks out of prison. <laughs> so he's running away. He meets up with Matt Murdock, who tells him he'll defend him you know, if he goes to jail again or if he goes to court. So then there's a scene where David Banner has a dream that he's in court. 
and that's the actual trial. So it's just actually a dream where then he's like on the stand and he's being questioned by the prosecutor and he gets mad and becomes the Hulk and tears up the court. But it's just kind of funny that the actual trial never takes – well, it only takes place as a dream uh, in David uh, David Banner's mind. Man, that's terrible. So it's really bad. It's really bad. It's, uh, I think the Hulk doesn't show up in the climax of the story. Um, the main villain, though, is Kingpin, Wilson Fisk. Oh, wow. So Who plays of, you know, Kingpin? Oh god, some some, some some unknown dude who never did anything again. <laughs> I think he was in the Jade, the Curse of the Jade Scorpion, or whatever that John Holmes movie was. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, so you know, it's also kind of interesting that the you know the, the Incredible Hulk ran from like seventy seven, seventy eight to like eighty two, and it was still relevant enough that oh, we're just going to bring out this you know TV movie on NBC. Um, Tw- ten years later, yeah. like, oh, okay, you know, like, yeah. who remembers the Incredible Hulk? And yeah. I guess <laughs> remember that tried, show? They just tried to do weird crap like that. Yeah. Me. So uh, the Trial of the Incredible Hulk. All right. You know, look it up on YouTube. Could be a remake too, sort of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, reboot, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. Well, that's gonna about do it for this episode. So uh, thanks to Ian for suggesting that topic. Um, Listeners out there, feel free to send us your top five remakes. We'll give you a uh, shout out. Your top five reboots. Top five list. Um, or low five list. Yeah, low send five us list low too. five. Send us, send us any topic we've ever done on the show. Feel we'll free give to you, send we'll us. give you a shout out. Send us your take on it and it, suggest any topics to us as well at highfivedownloadpodcast at gmail.com. We are now on iTunes. Look us up there. Subscribe to us. And... Uh, Next episode, we'll probably be back with uh, the top five music videos of all time with special guests pending. Um, That's about all I got today. Yeah, just uh, look out for the next show and uh, surprise guests. See ya. All right. Bye.